morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Legal Queen podcast. So I release these episodes every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at 6am. These episodes are recorded from my live Discord sessions where people from my community ask their questions all about family law and I try to answer them. If you would like to take part and ask a question yourself, I welcome you to join my Discord by clicking the link in my profile. Obviously, everyone that asks me a question knows that they're being recorded live for the podcast and I'm not giving advice. All I'm doing is making sensible suggestions and signposting. So, enjoy the episode. Rachel, you're next up. What's your question? My partner basically split from his um, ex of nine years. We have two children together. Um, one of them is 10 and one of them is three years old. Um, his ex, uh, they, they broke up um, agreeably and she moved to back to where she was from um, in Derby. Um, since her move, because it's quite far away, he um, she promised him that she, he could have like video calls um, with the children. Um, this lasted for a couple of months um, until me and him got together. Um, and since then, um, she has refused to let him have any contact with children whatsoever. Okay. This was, this was, uh, not one just one, one before. Yeah. He ended up um, taking her to court, um, and the court said that it would be beneficial for obviously the children to have contact with both parents. But because one his oldest has got um, autism, they wanted to ease the contact back in gently, going yep. through um, video calls, and then going to. Um, supervised contact in a contact centre. Yeah. Uh, this began in October. Um, since it was meant to be a video video call every weekend, and she wanted it to be supervised, which is in the order, which is fine. Um, since then, out of all of those video calls, um, he she's only turned up to five. He messages her on a like parental app um, every week. Okay, get, um, Rachel. Sorry, yeah. sorry to sorry to move you along. Just go straight to your question, and if I need any more context, I can ask you. Okay. Okay, no worries. So basically, she has um, only turned up to five of the video contacts. So, right. And then son is acting out. She doesn't want to put him through this, and she's had social services say he doesn't need to be part of the video call. So what's the question? Just go straight to the question, Rachel. Okay, so he basically has to set up the um, arrangement, the, vis- the visitation at the contact centre, but he has to now take her back to court because she's not adhering to just even okay. the, yeah. the contact of the video. Can he, anything be done with her breaking this court order? And is there any point him now setting up the contact centre, even though she hasn't been reliable with the video contact? So I think that the, the question there for everyone else that's listening is, what do we do when an order's been breached? Okay. Um, so absolutely, he, he, can, he can set in, in or ask the court to put in what we call a penal notice if she breaches it again. Obviously, I'd be wanting to question mum upon return to court as to why she's breaching the order. Okay, Um, and why she's not making the children available at the contact centre, because that has to be the safest form of contact if she she has welfare concerns. So I think there's some challenges there. Depending upon those answers um, will obviously dictate what we're then going to be asking the court for. But yes, essentially, is the answer to your question. Okay, and um, because obviously the court fee is quite expensive, and he's the court has ordered him to make the um, visitation arrangements in February. Should he go along and set that up, but um, whilst he's trying to get the money to go back to court? Yes, because what he needs to do is keep trying. He he's got to keep attempting contact. Um, you know, in order for him to to satisfy the court, there's been definite breaches. Yeah. All right. Okay. Great. Thanks, Rachel. Bye. That's actually a really common question. Jack, I've got you up next. What's your question? What what can you point to place with a 14-year-old that the mother's trying to say you don't want to see you, but you've been living in the house again for six months, over six months ago? So how can you convince the courts to put in an order? You, you would just tell them. I think I think we've spoken a few times now, Jack. Um, you would yeah, sim- yeah, you would simply uh, tell what, what them. It, Tracy, I'm getting... Yeah. Uh, I've, I've found representation for next week's court hearing yeah. uh, from a firm in Leeds that know, uh, yeah. because I've been so disgruntled with the representation I've had. Yeah. I had one solicitor that was disbarred, uh, which I found out a year after, and ever since that, it's been slippery. 
So I've got an old friend of mine who's come to me rescue, but he, uh, he's coming to the conclusion that what, what do you want the courts to do? Force them. Uh, what do you want the judge to say when he's 14? But surely they're minors, and I'm still grappling with this. This is why I've come on, on the course with you. Yeah, and, and I think the answer that I gave last week would have to be the same, Jack. So at 14, yeah. my answer was that actually, um, you know, his views would be listened to, to which you said, but he has some disabilities. Um, so I, I, yeah. don't, I don't know how, how much further I can take it, really. Without I don't, I don't know enough about your case to go into any more detail. Yeah, but just a general question, Tracy. I think a lot of people will be on the same spectrum. I've got another person that's got a 14-year-old uh, who hasn't got any disabilities and uh, is uh, just wanting his dad to move back in with his uh, previous partner. That's the only way he'll see him. So how can I persuade the judge? And how can I persuade myself? Well, you can't... So, OK, so I think we've got to strip it back, Jack, and, and just keep it simple. If a child is, is putting conditions onto contact about two people moving back in together, that's never going to happen, is it? Because the child can't dictate that the adults move back in together and start living together. At 14, okay. their views will be listened to. Either the child wants to have a relationship with you or they don't. And at 14, that will be respected. That, that's all I can say on that one. How you convince a court, well, you, you simply tell them that it's in the child's best interest to have a relationship with you. Love, all right. Love, okay. Thank you. Thanks, so Jack. Much. You're so welcome. Reassuring. Okay. Bye. All right, then. Bye bye. Right. Emmy Wilson, let's come back to you. The court ordered Papa to do a Section 7 report. Yeah. Um, by a specific date. I received a letter from Capcast the other day. They wrote to the court saying that to ask the court to extend it, the case further months further past the hearing, claiming that they need 17 weeks, which I know is not true. Is there a way that I can ask the court to just not deal with the Capcast and the judge makes the judgment themselves? No, and I tell you for why. The case. No, I tell you I for why. No, the the judge is going to want Kafkas to assist it because otherwise mm. it's got dad's view and it's got mum's view. So it doesn't have an impartial view. And that's really difficult okay. for the judge to call it. So the the role mm. of Kafkas really is to bring the child's view as Kafkas see it best. And obviously Kafkas mm. are experts in, in what they think is in the best interest of the child. So, no, you won't succeed if you ask the court to get, you know, to not have Kafkas involved. The court need that. Okay. All right. Okay, I see. I see. Um, and the second question. Yeah. Um, after a divorce settlement, um, the, the judge hasn't received the order. The barrister is saying that, um, well, it's not for myself, it's for a friend, but my, um, the person has to deal with the judges and what they want directly with the judges and not the barrister. But my understanding was that it is down to the barrister to liaise with each other to draft the order before it's submitted. Yes, yeah, so barristers will do that. They'll run it by each other, make mm. sure this is my understanding of what we agreed at court. Is this your understanding of mm. what you agreed at court? Yeah. But also it will go to the respective clients as well and then it will be handed in to the mm -hmm. judge. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Great. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode. Just wanted to let you know, if you're thinking about self-representing in either divorce, finance or children, check out my courses that are available for sale. They're on my website, maloneyfamilylaw.co.uk. I designed them specifically so that you could represent yourself without the need for a solicitor. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Uh, Patsy, you are up next whenever you're ready. Can I just say we've got someone on the TikTok from Perth, Western Australia. That just blows my mind ever so slightly. So hello, Australia. Hello, Patsy, I can hear you, yes. I've just filed for divorce um, about a week or two ago. My husband and I split up um, at the end of last year. He's living with someone else now. Um, we run a business together and I take 100% of my income from the business. But he has money, he's got a flat he rents out, and he's just got another, he's got some consultancy work. So um, I, am I legally entitled now to ask for half of that each month? 
um, on top of the, what I draw from the business. That will depend on whether you need it, Patsy. So what you're asking me there is about spousal maintenance. Am I able to take half of yeah. his income um, to top up mine? Yeah. If you need it, you can certainly ask. I'm not saying you're going to get it. Um, but spousal maintenance is based on need, okay? So right. if what you have coming in isn't enough to cover everything that you've got going out, um, then yes, you yeah. can apply for spousal maintenance. But it is based on need. Um, and what the court won't okay. do is, let's say you needed 2000 a month and you've only got £1,500 yeah. coming in. So your, your ask is £500 per month spousal maintenance. Then what the court needs sure. to do is look over at what your husband has. So what are his needs and what does he have coming in? And it might be that the court decide to award you 200 simply because he doesn't have that 500 Do you see what I mean? So it has yeah, the starting absolutely. point is need, and then we will go from there, but we will also look at what the other party has by way of disposable income too. Okay, that's great. Yeah. That answers my question. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Patsy. Bye-bye. Okay. Ben? Okay, I've got um, uh, two daughters. Yeah. Um, so I had the kids 50-50 um, with my ex-partner. Um, and I'm having to pay child money to pay for all the kids' clothes, their, their school food and literally everything. Um, and I'm now having to pay child maintenance as well. Is that correct? I have gone back and appealed it and said, look, I pay for everything else. Why have I now got to give her maintenance? Where do I stand? So, uh, I'm going back to HM courts and tribunal services, but I'm still having to pay maintenance, even though I have the kids 50-50, four nights, one week, three nights. Yeah, so, so we, we don't get involved in CMS, but what I would say to you is that CMS is a payment that's paid directly to the other person. So you, you've got a few questions in there, Ben. If, if you are paying for additional things because that's what you yeah. want to pay for, that may not be seen as child maintenance, okay? So child maintenance is a payment from you to her. That's it. Now, if you want to make the child maintenance payment, but then you don't pay for the, all the additional things, that's absolutely fine. Your other question about it shouldn't even apply because we have them 50-50, I can't help you there. That will, that will come down to a CMS calculation. Right, okay. All right. Right, fine. So, because I've appealed this at the HM court, so I've just got to wait for them to come back. Yes. Yeah. Th th they'll set you a date and then and then you'll you'll tell your story to the tribunal. Perfect. Well, All right. appreciate it. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Bye. Right, take care. See you then. Bye. Uh, Captain, I'm so sorry. I did not see you there. I always jump Captain up because he has questions for other people, guys. Nathy, I will come to you next. Captain, sorry, I didn't see you in the queue. What's your question? I've seen a lot of comments lately on your socials about uh, prenups and postnups. Yes. And whether what what the courts see them as. I'm just wondering if you can explain. Absolutely. So that. yeah, sure. So prenup is short for prenuptial agreement. Postnup is short for postnuptial agreement. Pre means it's agreement before you get married, and post is the agreement after you get married. I'm always getting asked, they're not legally binding, are they, Trace? No, they're not legally binding in the UK as they are in the US. However, more and more now courts are being guided by them because they recognise that people are looking to ring fence premarital assets or they might be looking to ring fence postmarital assets if somebody does really well in a company, for example, or there's an inheritance going to come their way. So the test that the court will apply if a prenup or a postnup is put in front of it is twofold. Test number one, have both parties taken independent legal advice? So, so long as the prenup or the postnup has been signed off by two solicitors, then that's great. We can tick that box. The second test is the judge will say, if I apply this prenup, will it be fair and reasonable? Are the contents of it fair and reasonable? And if the answer to that is yes, then actually we are finding that the courts will be guided by them. So even though they're not legally binding, they're really important documents. And I would say over the last 10 years, I have quadrupled in the number of prenups that I have done. So I would advise anybody to do one, regardless of the fact they're not legally binding. Thanks, Tracy. You're welcome. Um, and this is a question from Mum86. Yep. Um, it's uh, children's related. I've received court, court papers for a CAO uh, with additional papers, read DV and child abuse, all of which are fabricated. 
I am concerned that my ex has done this as I'm not sure what his intentions are. What I mean by this is why would someone put all of that unless they are wanting full custody? Anyways, what also concerns me is that he has only raised these allegations of abuse before court proceeding and it's been nearly two years since we separated. I'm also concerned that he's abused his position within the police as he worked on the DV unit. Uh, my question is, should I continue direct contact or stop in the interim until the first hearing, which is next month, as I'm afraid that now he will withhold my son from me? His solicitor has said there is no intention of doing that, but things just don't add up to me. Any advice or suggestions would be greatly appreciated. Okay, so sometimes a DV application is made for speed because they want to get a quicker hearing date. And as you all know, uh, when we make an application, we are generally waiting three months to get a hearing date. So if you tell the court the children are at risk, then it could be um, a, a way to get a quicker date. Not, not the best thing to do, I, I would say that. Um, I was going to say that perhaps um, they were looking for legal aid. However, if he's a police officer, then he's gonna, um, he, he'll be earning too much to, to qualify for legal aid. So it's not that. With regards to stopping contact, it's a difficult one. So my first reaction was absolutely not, because that wouldn't be in the best interest of the children. The matter's before the court, so allow contact to continue. Because if father is um, arguing or alleging domestic violence on one hand, or sorry, violence to the children or whatever it is, abuse to the children on the one hand, then why is he returning them home to mum? Okay, and this has gone on for over two years now. So I think mum's got a great defence there. However, mum then said he may not return them to me. If you honestly think that he's going to keep the children, not return them, then what you can then do is apply for a PSO, Privileged Steps Order. And dependent upon what we don't know, Captain, from that question is when that hearing has been listed for. If it's listed for a couple of weeks, I would say, yeah, d then then perhaps think about uh, stopping contact. Okay, so next month. So we've got two weeks until we get to February. Um, so if the threat of abduction is real, then absolutely don't allow contact to take place. But apply for a prohibited steps order. Ask for it to be listed next month, the same time as dad's application. And moving forward, that will give her some protection. Okay, that's great. All right. Thanks, Tracy. No problem. Thanks, Captain. Bye. Nathy, what's your question? I try to do this quickly. Uh, I have a question. Uh, I, uh, I'm i all separated with my husband at the moment. He just moved out uh, a few months ago, and he decided that he doesn't want to negotiate, uh, do nothing, let's say. He just moved out. Uh, I'm st I stay in his house at the moment. Now he, of course, forced me to move out from this house. Uh, I'm not working and I don't have rights in UK at the moment because I'm still waiting for my spouse visa uh, and it's very, very delayed. I'm already waiting one and a half year and nothing happened. Um, I have a question. Uh, can my husband just kick me out from this house at the moment? Uh, no, because it's a matrimonial asset um, given that you are married. So no, he can't do that. Um, even even in even if it's his house on his name and mortgage on his name, everything yeah. is on his name. Yeah, that that doesn't really matter because you're married. My answer would be very different if you weren't married, but you are. So regardless uh -huh. of whose name it's in, um, you uh -huh. you you can stay. What I would get you to do, Nathy, is to file a HR one with Land Registry. So a HR one uh -huh. is a Homes Right notice. Um, yeah. and, and it registers with Land Registry your right to that property as his wife. So do that. Okay. You, you can do that on, on your own. Um, and you don't need any legal advice to, to, to just lodge that form. But no is the answer to your question. He can't just kick you out. Okay. And another question is about uh, before we will get divorced, can he just sign, uh, just transfer all his belongings, monies, uh, assets to his son or sister, wherever, just to make sure uh, before um, uh, divorce he's protected, that he has nothing and nothing to share is. Just uh, something to do against me, let's say, yeah? Uh, yeah, when, uh, when I understand. Happen, I understand. To prove to the judge. I yeah. understand. So, Nathie, the answer to your question is yes, he can. 
So, but, but, but what I always say to people is you've asked the wrong question. Can he move all of his money out of his bank account over to his sister? Absolutely. Why can't he do that? It's his money. But in okay. terms of divorce, when we're then yeah. doing financial disclosure, we will, we will be able to look at the bank statements and say, but you moved it all out in January 2023. So clearly you had money and then you moved it all out because our disclosure will go back longer than, you know, whatever happens mm-hmm. today. So, so that's fine. Um, what about with properties? Same thing. Because he, he has three, uh, three properties. Yes, sa- can, same uh, thing. Just... Same thing, Nathie. We'll, we'll be able to, as long as they're registered in the UK, we'll be able to get land registry details about them. So that's fine. He, he can start uh-huh. moving things about. What I would advise you do is, is sort out your financial application quick smart so that you can lessen the risk of him dis- dissipating assets. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hello, Cheryl. Hiya. Hello. I can indeed. What's your question? It's just on behalf of my mum. Yeah. So she's thinking of divorcing my stepdad. Yeah. However, she's due to potentially inherit quite a lot of money off my grandma, but she won't divorce him if he can access that money once those... Divorce, where does she stand with that? She's got to get a financial order, Cheryl. So if she gets a clean break order now, which is the financial order, and severs all financial ties, then it means he can't make a claim against her whenever um, she gets her inheritance. Okay. Does that help? And does he have to agree to that? Well, if if he... that's, That's the best way to do it. If he agrees to it, that's great. Um, if he doesn't, it just means that your mum has to make a court application. Okay, that's great. Thank All right, you. thanks, Cheryl. Bye. Thanks, bye. G. Mara, what is your question? Um, so we we had our first hearing. This is about taking my son abroad, all right? Yeah. And um, on the on the order of that hearing, the judge ordered that both parties should file their statements to the court. Um, by last Friday at four o'clock. Yeah. Okay. So I completed my statements and I went to the court to file it there. And but the court office closed at two o'clock. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I couldn't file my statements. Um. I also had an agreement with the solicitor from the other side to exchange the statements at four o'clock on that day. So I went to the office from the other solicitor, exchanged the statements, and I came back home. So today, I wrote a letter to the court saying that I couldn't file this statement because um, uh, the office was closed at 2 o'clock, yeah. um, which was different information from the draft order. Yeah. And therefore, I was requesting them to accept my statement today. Um, and they said, okay. And But the thing is, Tracy, I also would like... Now that I have seen the statement from the other side, yeah, I also would like to add some extra information to my statement. Okay, am I allowed to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then you can just email it. You don't need to physically go down to court to file it. You can just email it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. that's fine. But you wanted to add the extra information. Yeah. Do I have to complete any applications with that? No, no, you're you're just you're just filing your statement, so it's fine. You can put the information in there that you want to. That's fine. But, the, but hold on a minute, Tracy. Just because I already exchanged a statement with the solicitor and I want to add something new on my statement to the yeah. court, would that not cause a problem? Well, you'll have to let let the solicitor have the new one as well. Yeah, you can't yeah, just you can't yeah. file a different document with the court than what you've given the solicitor. No. So all no. you all you would yeah. do is you would email it to the court and email it to the solicitor and just say this is my updated statement. That's all you're doing. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. That's all right. Bye. 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 Um, Amy, you are next in. My um, partner has two children with his ex. Um, and back in t- October, she stopped access after him having 50-50 for nearly seven years. Yeah. Um, so we applied to the courts. Um, we've recently heard from Cafcats. Um, his children are 12 and 9. Yeah. And he's just worried that she's going to be filling, filling their heads with all sorts of nonsense. So he just wanted to know what age did the court take into consideration 
their thoughts and feelings or will they just take into consideration what's best for the children, i.e. seeing both parents? So they'll, be, they'll do a bit of both, Amy. I mean, when, when children get to 12 particularly, then they, yes, they will start to, to listen to their view then, but they'll also get CAFCAS involved as an impartial third party and they'll also look at what's in the best interest of the children as well, you know, because what the law says, the Children's Act, is that it's the child's right to have a relationship with both parents. So they're going to be looking at all of those elements of it. Yeah, we. I mean, yeah. when it first all kicked off, he tried to contact the children and she blocked his numbers off their both of their phones. Um, he tried to contact the schools and she sent him threatening messages saying, don't you dare go to the kids' school. So he's just stopped all that contact now and we're doing it through the court route. But obviously he's just worried about what she's saying in the interim to the children. Yeah. And, and obviously, we'll wait to see how that plays out. Because if the children say that they want to have contact with him and it all goes fine, then we don't need to worry about that. So let, I, I, wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't worry about something that she might be doing in case she actually isn't doing it at all. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 All right. Okay, brilliant. Fab. Thank you very much. Thanks, Amy. Bye. Thanks, bye. Uh, Danny Boy, um, you are next up. Um, I've, got, I've just got my two boys back from being in care. Yeah. And they came back from the like with the foster care. I hurt them, like hurt one of them. So they came back under my care, like as an immediate thing, um, immediate thing. Yeah. And I was just, is it, have I got any rights to try and file a case against social services because they've let the me kids down like a hell of a lot? Um, you can certainly. The starting point would be a complaint. I think, Danny raise the complaint and see what the outcome of that is because that will determine whether or not you take it any further so that's got to be your starting point okay um to yeah. see to see because the thing is if social services have done all of their checks um and and that family passed those checks and that was a one off incident that he got hurt it might be difficult for you to pin that on social services so i would raise your complaint first and see what your response is sorry you know see what their response is to you that that's yeah. that's your starting point yeah it's just with the with that foster carer who had the beds where well, it, one of the contact like it, one of the contacts in she took the kids to the toilet hit one of the head, hit one of the kids' heads off the toilet uh, and then like off the toilet door and we're finding we're finding loads of complaints against that in the family family time workers they find find loads of complaints against against this woman and they still kept um, the kids with her. Yeah, so the like a yeah. scratches down the necks, underneath the eyes, the yeah. full lot. Um, so, so the, make so the, make make the complaint, Danny. That that's that yeah. because you you've got to you've got to deal with evidence. So you make your complaint and you see what comes back in writing. Okay. Right. Great. I'll leave that one with you. Thank you. That's perfect. Thank All right. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. Right. Emmy Wilson, you're next up. Hello. Is there a way that I could write to the courts and just ask them about the Kafka situation and say it's too long, it's too prolonged? Could they just order, they've ordered Kafka to do it at a certain time if Kafka would just comply with that? That if they if they've set a date for Kafkas to to file the report, then hopefully Kafkas will do that. If Kafkas needs an extension, I tell you now the court will give them an extension. Why is it that you don't want Kafkas involved? Just because of the time uh, it's taking. The last time the Kafkaans wrote a really bad report about me. They didn't yeah. do their welfare checks or anything, and I yeah. had to. It was just I had to go through to the final, and just during the cross examined it was picked up on her admittance that she had failed to do her basic welfare checks, and I was side with the mother. Okay. And it's, it gets a bit. It's, it's a bit hurtful or sad that for a man and a woman sometimes Kafkaans view it in a way where they feel that the child should be with the mother at yeah. some times and not the father. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it, the Kafka, uh, court are going to want that report. That There's no way around that, unfortunately. They're going to want that report. All right. And that's not to yes to No, no, you, you, you can write into them, but I guarantee you the judge is going to want that report. Yeah. All right. Okay. Oh, Sorry about that. 
All right. Thanks. Bye. Francesca, hello. What's your question? Hi. Um, so I've been separated for over 10 years now. Yeah. Um, I did go and see a solicitor. Uh, so basically my husband, I found out, was abusing my daughter. Yeah. Um, he went to prison um, and I went to see a solicitor then to ask what my rights were with regards to the marital home. Yeah. Um, they told me at the time that he was still entitled to 50% yeah. um, of everything. I've not been since, but I want to get divorced now and I want to downsize. Um, I have no idea where he is. My first question is, I didn't know if the law had changed um, with regards to people who commit such horrible crimes and would he still be entitled to 50%? And then my next question would be, how would I go about finding him without kind of um, getting a solicitor involved if I don't need to? Okay, so the answer to your first question is that um, we don't really take into account conduct when we're dealing with a financial settlement. Um, so that should answer that one. How you find okay. him, I would start by exhausting social media and any friends or, or you know mutual friends that you used to have together, family, etc. You could then in, uh, employ the services of an inquiry agent, and you can Google them. Um, and you know, give them as much details as you have, that, and, and they don't charge an awful lot, and they can do some searches. And if you've what was that again? Sorry. An, an inquiry, so an, an inquiry agent. So if okay. you if you Google inquiry agent, they can do yeah. some searches for you, just with you know okay. his name potentially and his date of birth. If all of that, um, if you exhaust all of that and you still can't find him, what you can do is apply to the court for what we call a disclosure order, whereby the court, using his name and his date of birth, will do a search with DWP. And if they turn up his address, they won't give it to you, but it will enable the court to serve him the papers so that he, so that he attends court for the finances. Okay. okay, but start start yeah. with the your own searches because in order to get that disclosure order, the court's going to be saying to you, well, "What have you done?" So you don't want to be saying to them, "Well, I've done nothing." You want to be able to prove that you've you've tried everything yourself. You then went to an inquiry agent, and at the very last resort, you went to court for help. Okay. All right. Brilliant. Fab. Yes, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, um, Mark. Hello. You got a question for me? I have a partner, he's, my ex-partner is paying CMS, he's never met my child, um, he's not on this birth certificate, so expected him to want a DNA test. Um, he didn't request one, um, but now has blocked me on all social media or any ways of contacting him. Um, so I kind of give the usual response that, you know, the courts will not force a parent yeah. to be a parent, basically. yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to, you know, you can clarify that with, and it is like, it is a blanket. Well, I suppose, I suppose my, my question would be, if he's having no contact and he's paying his child maintenance, why does she want to be in touch with him? If he wants to see that child, he will get in touch with her. Um, there, there's nothing she can do. I would leave well alone. It, that That's his choice. He, you know, he's not on the birth certificate. I mean, if, if I'm being strictly um, strictly honest, if he's not on the birth certificate, he doesn't really have to pay the CMS, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. So I don't I don't yeah. know what, what a query is there. He's he's blocked her on social media. He's got a right to do that. So, yeah, yeah leave and that one there. The kind of thing I said, you know. Yeah. Um, and the other one is um, with a joint sibling mortgage. Yeah. Um, I have a mortgage with my brother from of sixteen years. Yeah. I paid the full deposit, all the bills, including the mortgage payments. Yeah. I put him in on the on the mortgage at that time, as I couldn't get the finance any other way. Um, now my brother's creditors want to sell the house, um, as they've managed to obtain a charging order from the bank. Yeah. My brother has some bad debts. Can they force me to sell the property? So what's going to happen is that she owns 50%, brother owns 50%. It's only the brother's 50% that they can go after. 
They can't go over her, uh, go after her 50%. Yeah. But ultimately, they are going to be pushing for a sale of the property, I would have thought, in order to release the capital to pay off the debt. So it will probably come down to, because I mean, what I've just said really is semantics, it'll come down to whether or not she is able to purchase her brother's share or whether the yeah. charge stays on the property. But at some point, they're going to want to realise that capital. So even though they pay, paid the full deposit and the brother hadn't made any payments... Doesn't matter. If, if he, if he holds it 50% at Land Registry, then he is a legal owner of that property. OK, brilliant. Cheers, Trish. All right, no problem. Thanks for that, Mart. Bye. So Mart is um, another one of my helpers, guys. Um, so if you, if you have a question, you don't want to maybe be heard asking the question for obvious reasons, then you can go to Mart. Um, he does exactly the same as what Captain does. Um, Angel Sky, what's your question? Yeah, I've got um, legal guardianship of my nephew under an SGO. Yeah. Um, and the local authority ended up taking us back to court, I'd say, May last year. Um, bearing in mind, I've kept like all evidence of everything, but it's trying to say that we can't um, cope with him because he has a lot of extra needs and we've been asking for support. Yeah. Um, and we haven't received any of the support. So obviously they ended up taking us to court without any kind of meetings before they did this. It was just literally went from, we asked for the support yeah. and then a couple of months later, we got a court letter. Yeah. Um, can I make a complaint firstly while we're in court? Um, you, you, you can, absolutely, but that's a separate issue. What I would be suggesting yeah. is, because the court's main concern is the child, keeping the status mm -hmm. quo, keeping the routine. So what I think you need to be saying to the court is addressing whether or not you can cope, but then the second part is to let the court know what help you need. Because if you're asking yeah. for support and, and help and you're not getting it, the court's going to look at that as the first remedy before removing the child from you, okay? So don't, yeah. don't focus on the complaint yet. I know it's really frustrating. You, you'll get there. Um, I would focus on, and I probably wouldn't advise you to do a complaint in the middle of court proceedings, but I would be saying to the court, look, we, we recognise that we need some help and support and we haven't been given that, so our suggestion of a remedy is this and spell out to the court what it is that you need. Okay, yeah. So obviously we're like halfway, well, we're almost a year into it. So we've managed to do that. Like originally I want interim uh, supervision order, then a, uh, what was it, a supervision order. And they haven't got any of that. So I know that we've kind of, we're at that point. Do you know what I mean? But another thing I was going to say, is there any, do we have any grounds to like apply to the court to have this discharge? Because they've put so many, like, so I've, record a lot of the um the social worker visits only because their paperwork doesn't reflect this but they are aware that i do this um and multiple times i've managed to prove that actually what they're saying isn't true okay and they've tried to accuse us of doing like drugs and stuff and we did the drugs test and it's all come back can we apply to just have it dismissed you, 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 can, you, you can, you've got to have good grounds to dismiss it and I don't know how successful that application would be. What you might want to say yeah. to the court is, look, let's just take it to a final hearing. You know, let's just stop with all the interim hearings and let's just list it for a final to determine the issues. But so, okay. so, so you, you, right, okay. you, you can do both. You can do both. Okay, thank you. All right. Okay, thanks, Angel. Bye-bye. Yeah, Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode. Just wanted to jump in and let you guys know that what you're actually listening to is people on my Discord channel um, who ask me questions when I go live every Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday between 6 and 7. So if you've got a question that you want to ask, by all means feel free to join me. Or alternatively, if you just check out my Discord uh, channel anyway, you'll see that we've got three forums covering divorce, finance and children. So if you wanted to leave a question there then one of the members of my community will be able to help. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Uh, Mumsy, you are next on the list. I think we spoke last week, so hello again. I can hear you, yeah. Sorry, I'll probably get emotional because I don't understand all this and everything. Um, my husband keeps on about a divorce. Yeah. And he messaged me today saying, how's the prices are up? 
Um, I think it's best to sell the house now. Um, obviously, he's moved out. Um, he said, um, he hasn't done nothing about the divorce, but he's turned around and said to me that his solicitors has advised him to sell the house first without doing the divorce. And I don't know how true that is. It's... I will be getting, I will, I'd like to come and speak face to face, but I don't know if I can do that. Or... Yeah, well, the first thing I would say is that I, I, I suspect no solicitor has told him that. Um, because he's not going to be able to just chuck you out. That's the first thing I would say. Um, yeah, you're, you're his no, husband, you're that. his wife. So, you know, regardless of whose name that house is in, it is a matrimonial asset. And from memory, Mumsy, don't you have a child as well? Yeah. 11. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know. You, you've really got to hold your nerve because he, he's, he's telling, he's, I suspect that he's telling you things that he knows you're going to believe. And he, the reason he's yeah. doing that is because he knows that you're going to react like this. And as difficult as it is, you've really got yeah. to try and hold your nerve. Know that even though you feel like you're the weaker party, because you're his wife and the mother of his child, you are possibly the stronger party. Because if he yeah, has a stronger know, financial yeah. position, if he has a stronger financial position, then it makes you legally, I'm talking legally, it makes you more yeah. vulnerable, okay? So in yeah. the law, that makes you stronger because we want to look after the vulnerable, if that makes sense. But you've, yeah. you've, you've got to hold your nerve. I, I know you said that... Um like the equity in both the houses yeah. and they go from there. I, yeah. I've been looking at some houses in around the village where we are because my son doesn't want to move village. He's like obviously schooling and whatnot because he's 16. And I, obviously with my disability, well, I can't work again. He, we can't, I don't think 50-50 would be enough. I don't mean to sound yeah. really greedy, but yeah. how am I going to find a place if it is 50 does it go 50-50? Okay, or? so so again, let, let, let's reel that back in. If you're not entitled to 50-50 because you're entitled to 70, for example, 70-30 in your favour, then we don't need to be worrying about that, do we? So the starting no. point is to go and get that one hour's legal advice and find out what yeah. you are entitled to. And from I there... Go on. Oh, bless. Okay. Well, there you go then. Um, so, so what what we then do is we work out what you're entitled to, and then we go from there. Okay. Once you know what you're entitled to, it will make things a lot easier. If you yeah. if you if you email me again, I know you emailed me last week, and I and I did respond oh, to you. It, no, it's fine. I don't mind at all. Email me again, and let's let's get something set up in the diary, okay? Because I think once you know what you're entitled to, it, it will definitely help. Because then you'll be then yeah. you'll know, and then you can start to make some plans. Yeah, can we, can we do a face to face, or is it got to be telephone call? We can do teams. We can do teams. Yeah. What does that mean? So, two offices. I don't know what you mean. No, no, because I I work from home. But what we can right. do is teams, so we can look at each other through teams. You know, like a Zoom call, like oh, a like right. a WhatsApp face to face. We can do it that way if you want. Yeah. No, that's all right. I can send you a link, and you look, literally click on the link, and we can talk that way if you'd rather. Yeah. All yeah, right. That would be better. Thank okay. You. No so worries. Do That's all right. Thank don't you. worry. They don't mind. All right, Mumsy. Bye bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Um, Kerry, you are next on my list whenever you're ready. Will my inheritance be protected in divorce only if you get a, a financial order? Kerry, what's your question? Um, hi. So uh, my husband is going for full, ex husband is going for full custody of the children. Uh, it's very inconsistent with his visits anyway. Uh, we have got court on the 15th of February um, and the courts have asked me to prepare a statement. I am unsure what this statement needs to consist of. Okay. Um, what, what sort of statement is it, Kerry? Does it say a statement or a position statement or what does it say? It says uh, by 4pm on uh, 7th of February, both parties must send a written statement to each other. Okay. And one to the courts. Great. So what you would need to do in there is set out your position as you see it. So this yeah. is what's happened so far. You know, the children live with me. We separated yeah. at this time. 
Um, ever since separation, they have always lived with me. Uh, this is the contact they've had with their dad, blah, 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 blah. So give the court a little bit of a history, not not too okay. much. You know, you'd, you'd keep that to one page and have maybe, yeah. remember it's line and a half spacing as well when you're doing a statement. Um, so keep okay. that to maybe one page, just to give the court a little bit of background, a bit of context. Then you'll go into yeah. the order that you think should be made that's in the best interest of the children. So then you want to say mm -hmm. something along the lines of, um, and based on, on the status quo uh, and the routine that we've got at the moment, I think it'd yeah. be in the children's best interest if they were to have alternate weekends or every other, whatever it might be, okay? And, and mm -hmm. you would let the court know what your position is. And, and, and what you see as being in the kid's best interest. And of course, if you've got any kind of bad behavior uh, from dad that, yeah. you, that you want to mention, you'd put that in there. Anything Do that- Do I need to put proof with that? Um, it helps you attach exhibits okay. to it. What I would say is only put bad behavior in there if it's going to influence contact in the future if the court need to know about it so i'm thinking drug use alcohol use domestic violence are these children going to be at risk if the court don't know about this bad behavior so don't put things that have happened as isolated incidents in the past you and him have had a row he's walked out and slammed the door court don't really want to know about that if there's any kind of welfare concerns because of bad behavior by all means include those and then okay. if, if the, the, the problem i've got is he's uh, on his court papers he's put down that um i am an alcoholic i'm a drug user i suffer yeah. with mental health problems bipolar yeah i've had to produce to the court um something from the gp to which yeah. my gp said all of this is false yeah um Kafkas were involved it only got to the stage of them sending me out paperwork to fill in they didn't actually speak to my children and they closed the case yeah and said that they can't find any basically what he's saying is all lies so and i think the last part now is obviously these statements yeah so well, th there's a few exhibits there kerry so you can you can attach yeah. your gp letter as an exhibit yeah so you can say no. that you know, let's say he's the respondent. Oh, no, he's the applicant. So the applicant yeah. has accused me of using drugs, uh, being an alcoholic, having um, a mental, like bipolar disorder. Yeah. The court will find attached to my statement, Exhibit 1, which is a letter from my GP addressing that I'm of good mental health and don't have any uh, dependence on, on illicit substances, right? something like that, okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the letter that you mentioned something there from social services, that there was no further action, yeah. Add that as another Kafka, exhibit. Kafka. Sorry, Kafkas. Yeah. So add that as another exhibit. Um, that Kafkas. Yeah. There's no further action there. Um, don't overwhelm the court because the reality is that the courts have got to read it pretty quickly. Um, yeah. So you want to make your point quickly and attach, you know, really good exhibits, um, and yeah. so that they can read it, you know, in sort of 10, 15 minutes. Uh, sometimes yeah. people put like loads and loads of information in, and the court take one look at it and think, I've got time to read all that. Um, so, yeah. so make make it count. But yeah, so that that's the kind is of it, thing is that. It worth, is it worth me getting the um, the children's school to write a report to say that they're sort of excelling in school and and there's they have no obvious signs because he's put yeah. down that I emotionally and physically abuse the children. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If if the school are willing to do that, you could you yeah. could include their attendance record as another exhibit. Yeah. You get them to school, you know, every day on time. Um, it yeah. might be a school report that the children are doing really well. They're always clean and well presented Brilliant. at school. That's another exhibit. So that's the kind of thing. But don't don't over egg the pudding, Kerry. That's all I'm saying. No. All right. Brilliant. Okay. Thank you very much. Well done. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Uh, Nathy back again for another question not a problem how can i help hi and uh, i have more um questions more technical yeah uh, when you're uh, getting divorced uh, and both of uh, us living uh, abroad yeah can you do divorce in uk 
Oh, no. Or just uh, one needs to be here. Y yeah, one one does need to be here. Or you have to have some property here. You have to have some ties with the UK in order for the court to have yes. jurisdiction. Yeah. So we have uh, we have one property. means my husband has. Uh, yeah. But during the, the divorce, I believe he, he's not going to be here also too because he already lived abroad and I will need to maybe uh, leave UK too. Okay. So I don't know how he's going to be processed online uh, divorce one. I think, what, are... yeah, if, if, you, if you start the divorce here, then that's fine because, you, you, you know, you're living here when, when it starts. So that's okay. Um, and if you've got property, because that's a matrimonial asset, then that'll be fine. We, you, you know, you've got something that ties you to the UK. So that's okay. Thank you. So Thank much. you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. -bye. Uh, JD, you are next on the list whenever you are ready. He's my stepson and his siblings. Um, so when he was seven, he ended up going into care, and me and my partner um, had to get him out of foster care, but we had to prove that he was the father. Yeah. Um, he's now 13, and he's missed a family holiday already. Um, because we are really struggling to get him a passport and we've been contacting the mother because she still has uh, parental um, rights or responsibility um, and she moved down down south <laughs> and we were asking her to sign some paperwork and then she had to go and get it co-signed by uh, like a legal like solicitor right and she had the excuse under the sun didn't like she either signed it on both parts or didn't get it signed at all or just signed her part and then okay. sent paperwork back up. So what's what's your um, question of me, JD? Um just wondering whether you whether you know where we can go next because to, to do what? What so okay, so um, what are you looking for? Permission to take him on holiday or to get a passport? to go on holiday okay so that's going to be the c100 form and you're asking for a specific issues order specific issues, issues order. order yeah if you download the c100 you'll see on yeah. page one it'll say what are you asking for child arrangements prohibited steps or specific issues and you'll tick specific issues and your specific issue oh, is sure. that you want permission to take the child on holiday and or yeah. have a passport for him yeah, because another thing is that he, the, uh, my stepson, he went through all of that court proceedings under the, the wrong name as well. Right. So we're worried that is there a chance, even though obviously it's six, down, six years down the line, could she technically turn around and go, oh, well, I want my son back because the name that he's gone no. through. No, no. That, no, no, no. That that won't happen. <laughs> Essentially, it's it's the it's the same child. That that that's just a, a typo. That's absolutely fine. Don't worry about okay. that, Jade. That's fine. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Um. So, guys, we've come to the end of another evening. That was a little bit frightful this evening with the TikTok. Thank you, Erin. And I just see that you're a secret listener in the Discord. So that's made me smile. Um, so yeah, we're going to call it a night there, guys. It's just after seven. But before I let you go, obviously, I don't know if you've seen my stories, but my courses are now ready. I am so excited. So I've put together these courses for those of you that can't afford legal representation and you need to do it yourself. There's three courses. There's a divorce course, there's a children's course, and there's a finance course. They'll all be available on Sunday through my website, so check them out. Paddy's going to be doing a load of um, Q&As with me this week, which we're going to be posting on the stories, but I'm really hoping that you guys get something out of them. Step by step, I show you the paperwork, I take you to the website that you've got to use, I take you through the legislation, really straightforward. So we'll talk about, talk about it a lot through this week, um, but I just wanted to drop that in there. Anyway... Until tomorrow night at six o'clock when I'm back again to answer some more family law questions. Thank you, Discord and TikTok, for those of you that persevered for joining me this evening. Um, and I'll speak to you tomorrow at six. Take care. Bye.